that these songs, <laughs> you're all I ever need, Lord. Not just words that we sing according to a certain rhyme. Father, I pray that it will consume our lives, that it will be our cry, not just in what we say, but how we live, how we position ourselves and everything. You're all I want. And Jesus, I pray even this morning. <laughs> I mean, sometimes we sing the ideal, but we know our hearts are not there. I pray, Lord, that something today, you will come and work on our hearts. <laughs> that we will not just have a song, but that we will have a life that cry out, you all I ever want, you all I ever need, oh Jesus. Come and work on us, Holy Spirit. Come and form, come and shape, come and create a hunger and a thirst for you. Father, I pray for every heart that's grown cold. <laughs> Lord, that this morning you'll revive it. You'll refresh it. Father, stir up again a hunger that we had at first. Oh, <laughs> I think you want to do it today, Jesus. I think you want to do it today. I pray that all of our hearts here, Jesus, will position ourselves to say, come and do it, Jesus. Come and work again that hunger and thirst in us. That our lives will be greater than just a song. But the song will be expression of this life that say, you all we ever want. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, guys. You guys can sing a song. This is when you worship wild. So, um, what's wrong, my baby? <laughs> Cramp. So, um, actually, while while Naku is limping, you know, she, she, uh, I think some of you might have heard it, but she, she had a Wednesday when we were praying, she. Um, she had a word, and she said, like, I feel the Lord is saying he's bringing a gear shift. Eh? How many of you guys know this? This is exciting news when there's a gear shift. And she said, but I don't feel that the Lord wants to gear us up. I feel like he wants to gear us down. <laughs> and so when he gears down, obviously what happens is um, it's not as much the emphasis on fast, <laughs> but it's how much weight you can take. That's the emphasis. Um, and she said, I feel like in this time, the Lord wants to bring back to basics, you know. And uh, um, it's interesting in uh, Revelation 2, when um, Jesus gives the messages to the different churches, he says to the first church, it's been quite a theme for me, that, that church, the church of Ephesus. By the way, the church of Ephesus, if you've ever read the book of, of Ephesians, you would know, you know, these, these guys has played with the, with the deep, deep truths. 
And Paul unto them, he declares how the church would function. He says to them, there's the fivefold ministry. We've got apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, and the apostles and prophets will build the foundation of the church. All these truths, it's a, it's a really mature book. And then 30 years later, to this very mature church, Jesus gives a message and he says, you know, I know your works, I know your labor, I know your perseverance, I know how you stuck at it. I know your ability to discern apostles, those that calls them apostles and those that are really not, you know. And uh, again, I was at a conference last week and one of the things that we did discuss is the function of the apostle in the modern church, you know, where is the function and and how does it operate and all those type of things. which is, I'm not saying that's irrelevant truths. Of course, it's very important and so on. But then Jesus just after that says, but I've got this one thing against you. I know you guys, I mean, if you guys have to flash <laughs> what type of six packs you are carrying, it must look very impressive in the church world, right? <laughs> but got this one thing against you. You've somehow drifted away from your first love. You've somehow drifted away from your first works. Remember when you just got saved? <laughs> Remember when you just kind of didn't care so much of all the intricacies and how this and that worked, but actually it was just all about loving Jesus, you know. And somehow I'm worried that you guys have moved away from that, and I say repent. This is how serious Jesus is. Repent or I'll take your lampstand away from you. Lampstand is the church. It's like, repent or you will no longer be seen by me as a church. Repent. And once again, stuck, or not stuck, but get into that which you were doing work at first, loving me. So, um, there's this uh, portion where Jesus warns us, Nathan, you'll have to be with me, all right? Um, so, in Matthew 24, Jesus warns us of some of the dangers that we'll have in the end times. And uh, you guys know it probably quite well, but I'll, I'll just read this portion from verse 11. It says, and many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. 12 and 13. Okay. And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. The one who perseveres to the end will be saved. It is interesting, you know, it's, it's, uh, um, it's interesting how little responsibility we sometimes take uh, of our hearts. It's like, uh, I can't help it, you know, it's just the passion is gone. <laughs> And yet Jesus, when he tells us this, he says, but there's a, real, there's a real danger that you don't guard your heart that well, that somehow your love relationship with me grows cold, and your love grows cold. I want you to endure. I know initially when, when you just got saved and it was burning, I mean, I know we all start well, but <laughs> somehow down the line, you know, is the love still so much. I remember, you know, we started the song this morning and we said, like, Jesus, we want more of you. I remember there was a day when I sang that, where my body felt like it's going to explode. It's like, I would have done anything to get more of Jesus. The pearl of great price, I would have sold everything to get that pearl of great price. And now I feel like 
Yes, the thrill of great price would be quite nice. I wouldn't mind it. You want to give it to me? But the desperation is somehow gone. <laughs> you know, for the pole. And I love God. <laughs> I love God. I don't know if it's burning in the way that it, it used to. When I sang, I want more of you. I really, it was like, I really have nothing else where I could put my chips at. <laughs> I've played all my cards in this thing. I've got no other hand. This is it for me. I just want more of you, God. It was not a nice to be. It was the only thing left. All right? <laughs> and somehow Jesus tells us that our love will grow cold. In fact, many that started off hot will grow cold. And he's imploring us. Come on, endure to the end. It's not just how we begin. It's how we endure right till the end. All right. So, that brought me to, um, I'm, I'm uh, at TMT. At currently, I'm, I'm doing the book of Hebrews. And the book of Hebrews, by the way, that's the issue. It's right there is the issue. It's the church that, that started off great and on fire for the Lord and was willing to, to, to go for so much persecution. But lately, you know, just the love has grown cold, the passion has grown cold, and even they're thinking like, are they not a different way? I mean, if there is, and I can actually avoid persecution and suffering, I will prefer that. <laughs> and so the writer once again just comes and shakes them. Interesting, it's a 13-chapter book, the book of Hebrews. In 12 of the 13 chapters, he reveals Jesus in a different way. The writer was pretty confident. I've got the answer for a cold heart, a revelation of Jesus. <laughs> I, I said to guys at this conference, Mervis, those of you who knows him, he was at sometimes he sang a song. He, 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 I think, I don't know if Mervis singing or speaking. It's the same thing with him. <laughs> it's like, is he singing or is he speaking? Is he praying? What is he doing? But anyway, words came out of his mouth, okay? And he, he said, he said, it's not that we got bored, it's just that we got blind. Look, I mean, the, the notion that I've done this, and I've been around the block now, versus the angels that from eternity would every time look at him and go like, From eternity to eternity. It's not exhausted, the revelation of God. <laughs> right? And if it's become boring, it simply means we haven't seen. Our eyes have just been fixed somewhere else. All right. So I, I'm trusting, I'm trusting that for all of us, if our hearts in some ways grown cold, that Jesus will just revive it again, you know, and bring it alive again. Look, I know it's a serious topic. You guys do feel they're very serious here. All right. Maybe it's a good thing here. So, in, in the book of Hebrews, um, there's a very interesting thing. So, what, what the writer does is, in, in, in 13, well, in most of the chapters, he's obviously speaking to Jewish guys that came out of their Judaism and uh, started following Jesus. And um, what the guys is thinking of, yeah, it's quite a tough thing here, this Christianity. I mean, we thought like all of our countrymen will follow us. Now they're actually persecuting us. 
can't we just worship God the old way and then maybe avoid some of the persecution? I mean, what makes it really so much greater? And so then what the writer does is he takes every prominent figure in the Old Testament and compares how Jesus is just so much greater. And he starts off with chapter 1 and he says, Jesus, the Son of God, is greater than the angels. And then chapter 2, he goes like, Jesus, the Son of Man, the earthly Jesus, is greater than the angels. And then in chapter 3, he starts a very interesting thing. And so chapter 3, verse 1, says, Therefore, holy brethren, you share in a heavenly calling. It's interesting, right? What's your calling? <laughs> What's your calling? Well, I'm a prophet. I'm an accountant. I'm a whatever. But he doesn't address people on that type of calling. He addresses them on this heavenly thing. All of us, holy brethren, has been called to something eternal, something heavenly, to relate with Jesus. He's calling up that calling again. Holy brethren, partakers of a heavenly calling. Consider, that's his line, by the way. He does it always. Consider Jesus. <laughs> let's, let's just look onto Jesus for a little while here. The apostle, what does he say? The apostle and high priest of our confession. Before you go on, he's going to compare us to some Old Testament figure, a great guy, Moses. Moses was pretty awesome. And so, you know what Moses did? Mo Moses built, G, built God a house. Built God an awesome house. <laughs> there was an outer court, there was an inner court, and in the inner court there was a holy place, and then there was a most holy place. And after Moses was finished with this house, God's glory ascended like, I like this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live there. And, 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 and God comes... The Shekinah, the, the, the weighted glory of God, came and sat in the Holy of Holies. Right? And then the writer says, but there's someone greater than Moses. Well, let's just read it. Maybe I'm lying. So, so let's read it and then say, who was faithful to him who appointed them, just as Moses was also faithful in all of God's house. For Jesus has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, as is much more glory as the builder of the house has more honor than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. Stop, stop, stop. <laughs> so he compares Jesus and Moses here, and the one is as faithful as a servant, and the other one is faithful as a son. And then he says, you know, Moses' house was good, but Jesus, surely he will build a greater house. If Moses did a good job, listen, just hear me, if Moses did a good job, so much so that God decided that he's going to live in that house, just think how great Jesus' house will be. And then he goes, and that house is you. you think Moses didn't mess up this house? And he put it carefully together, just as he was instructed to God, so that at the end, God could dwell in that house. How much more do you think Jesus was busy building you? How much more do you think he's using every circumstance, every situation, every difficulty in order 
that his glory can once again dwell in someone's heart if Moses was faithful how much more faithful is Jesus whose house you are let's bow Now Moses was faithful in all God's house as a servant to testify to things that will to be spoken later. It was just a type, that house. But Christ is faithful over God's house as a son, and we are his house. If indeed, there's an if, there's an if, there's an if. There's not many ifs in the New Testament, but there's an if. God will build his house. Who you are puts it together with greater caution that Moses put his house together. We're putting you together. If, if you hold on. It's an interesting thing. You look up Hebrews, I'll show it now. Three times, chapter three, twice in chapter three and once in chapter four. He says, hold on, hold on. Trust that Jesus will complete that which he started. Hold on to that confession. Hold on to that hope that he will complete that which he started. Interesting, in chapter 6, verse 1, he says, now press on. (laughs) But it's important for us to hold on. Hold on to what? Hold on to the hope of the assurance of, I don't know, hold fast our confidence and our boasting in our hope. Now, um, you know, I've, I've uh, um, got the passion to see people grow up fully into Jesus. I, I love to see people mature in the Lord. I love to see them becoming increasingly a vessel where God's glory can rest. It's the most beautiful thing ever, right? I, 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 said, to the, I said to the guys at TMT, it's interesting when God built the house, um, or Moses built the house, you know, um, the outside of the house was built by badger skin. The afterkant is ratel. I thought it's a, like a beaver, but apparently it's a ratel. I don't know. I mean, of, of all the beautiful skins out there, the badger is pretty low. You know, if I would have built my house, I would have put the gold on the outside. <laughs> Jesus doesn't put the gold on the outside. He doesn't make us beautiful in the way that we want. He puts his beauty right in the middle, in the Holy of Holies. Sometimes like Jesus, when you look at him from afar, there was nothing that attracted you. I'm unfortunate, guys. Jesus didn't look like Tom Cruise. <laughs> I, you know, I, I know you want to believe that, but when you look at them, there was nothing to attract to you. That's why they had to get Judas to kiss him, because he didn't float in the air. He looked just like everybody else. They had to get someone to recognize him. This is the guy. Not like, you'll just see him, right? He's the guy that's floating in the air. No. Who is this guy? Well, he looks just like everybody else. But when he came closer, when you come to know, you realize there's a treasure here. It's just so beautiful. Oh, the church, we sometimes like the gold on the outside. (laughs) We want to make Jesus, Jesus makes me beautiful, all right. But my beauty and your beauty is maybe going to look different. (laughs) I'm working a deep working. You want to have the jewels right on the outside. 
I'm putting the jewels deep inside. Right? That's my working, by the way. And so, in, in my times of seeing God working and journeying with people, you know, sometimes I hear people say this, I've been following Jesus now for four years, and I'm still stuck in the same position. And that's the kind of vibe that comes out of them. This is as good as it gets. Boom. They've ripped out hope. And if you take out hope, you put a ceiling on God completing the work. If you hold on to the hope and the confidence that you had at first that the good work that He started in you, He will complete. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on to that hope. And nothing prevents Jesus from completing the work in our hearts. And losing a passion for Him is hope that gets pulled out. It's the ceiling on growth. Hope. So I want to ask, you know, if something you settle today, oh, this is just as good as it gets. Something of a, you know, settling. I just want to ask that you will again consider Jesus. <laughs> the apostle and high priest of our, of our faith. The one that is faithful all over all God's house. Even more faithful than Moses over his house. The house that you are. Consider him. Just the next verse, in verse 7, 8 and 9. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion on the day of testing in the wilderness. Now, um, C.S. Lewis, I think, he had uh, the script type letters. It's two demons chatting with one another. An older demon mentors a younger demon. How to, how to mess up believers. It's not a book that I necessarily recommend to everybody, all right? It's better to consider the conversations of Jesus than the conversation of the devil. <coughs> um, but in that, in that book, the demon says, the older demon says to the younger demon, if ever you want to get the Christians to stagnate, just tell them you can do it tomorrow. Just let them go, I'll change tomorrow. Yes, Jesus, I hear you, I'll do it tomorrow. <laughs> when God speaks, today when you hear His voice, today when you hear His voice, do not harden your hearts. It's interesting, there's, there's few things that harden our hearts more than this. You know, um, you know when Jesus, the Holy Spirit speaks to us, you know, um, he wants us to do something. And uh, we, we usually have two options. We can do it. That's the good option, by the way. You can do that. It's, it's the recommended one, according to that author as well. You know. But there's a second option, which many of us have taken. Maybe all of us have taken it at some stage. When he speaks to you, you go, either you go like, that you, God? Or you go like, you just, you just ignore it. It's very, it's very difficult initially. I want to just teach you how to disobey God. It's very difficult initially when He speaks to you, you lost your peace. There's a inside of you. There's this bugging. But if you are stubborn enough and you continue to ignore it, that voice gets dimmer and dimmer. Just press on. 
just endure. And the voice of God will get softer and softer. But you know what I realized? It's not that his voice got softer. It's just that our hearts got harder. In that moment, all that you've done is you've hardened your heart. And there's no thing that hardens hearts more than to ignore the voice of the Holy Spirit. Look at it, and we all stand here. We've all done it. We've all been like this. Oh, flip, I don't want to do this. All right, just, just ignore it. Ignore it. Ignore it. It'll go away. It'll go away. It'll go away. I'll do it tomorrow. Oh, no, I don't know. It's you. I, I told the guys a story. I mean, I've got many stories of doing that. But I... Um, I wanted to be, um, anyway, when I was young, before I got married, you know, I, I really had this one, I wanted to die for Jesus, I wanted to be a martyr for Jesus, it, it's, and uh, um, then I got married, right, it's <laughs> more responsible, um, but I will still die for Jesus, I will, <laughs> but uh, um, I, we, we once had a, um, after church, when I was in Wellington, we, we went for a pizza after church. And um, so in the evening, we went for pizza after church, and a lot of guys were going there. And as I got into my, my backyard, a little backyard, I felt God said to me, I don't want you to eat pizza tonight. I was like, all right, but it's, it's two for the price of one. So I had, the, I, had, I had this idea, yeah, I had this idea. Look, people are coupled together, so they, they, the two guys go together, and then they, they cut the cheapest pizza they, they, they cut off. So now if I would go there and there's somebody else that are waiting for a friend to go, I will leave someone there. So I started negotiating with God. I said, God, if the deal in that place is like that, that two guys need to go together and then they cut off the cheapest price, then I'll have to eat a pizza. I'll have to order a pizza. But if it's just half price pizza, so each one is on his own half price, then I will not order a pizza because no one is dependent on me. I get into the place, and everybody's there, and I'm like, hey, guys, so what's the deal here? They said, no, it's half price for every pizza. And you know when you want to disobey God, you do it quickly. <laughs> Before it bothers you too much. So I go, like, can I quickly have a uh, d -d 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 pizza, you know? And I, I mean, I'm like, ah, just bring that pizza, just bring that pizza. They put the pizza down, I'm just eating it. <laughs> Did you speak to me, God? I was like, you know, that's what we like. Before it, the conviction gets too much, we just quickly disobey. <laughs> and, you know, I had just an awesome time with everybody. But then uh, there came a time that it's again me alone in that bucky. <laughs> Get into that bucky. <laughs> you know, and it's like, I know, I know he's there. I'm like, God, is that you, God? Was that you, God? I. I don't know. And the more I'm trying to justify it, look, man, I mean, I, I, the, the, the more I could feel, I could feel <laughs> that he, he's not buying this. <laughs> and at some stage, listen here, I, I want to die for Jesus. I've told him so many times, and here I've chosen a pizza above him, you know. It's very hard to admit. It's very hard to admit. It would be like such a knock to my, uh, uh, my spiritual confidence here. And I, I until at some stage, I said to Jesus, oh, Jesus, I'm so sorry. I ignored your voice. I chose pizza above you. 
and the peace of God flooded my heart again. You know, as I acknowledge his voice. And in that moment, like many moments in my life, it was a choice between soft heart or a hard heart. Right? God, guys, our hearts is, the, is one of our most precious commodity. We need to guard it with everything. Cannot afford a hardened heart. Right. Now, um, where should we go? Uh, Hebrews 5. 5 to 10. So, um, the, the writer is, is speaking about the, the priesthood of Melchizedek. And he, he's saying, um, <coughs> he's about to, you know when a guy start, uh, he's, he's about to go into a deep teaching here. He's about to go into this teaching. And uh, he's, he, he's, he's just warming up here and he starts with, with, he just mentioned the word Melchizedek and then he interrupts himself and he says, being designated by God a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. And then he says, about this, we have much to say. I've got a lot to say, still say about Melchizedek here, but then he, he looks at his crowd and he goes like, Pfft. and it's hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. <laughs> Verse 12, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. So, you know, dull of hearing is an interesting thing, you know. Um, it's, it's what I said previously, you know. It's, uh, um, it's not that the word is not coming out to us anymore. It's not that we can't go like, wow, uh, I know that, or, or, or that's not true. We will all agree that these things are true. But it's more a case of the Word is not impacting us at all anymore. We sing it still in our songs. I thought about it this morning. I thought about it this morning when we were singing that song. That's why I'm mentioning it. I'm thinking, God, we want more of you. I remember days of my life when I sang that song, and everything from to everything in me was just like, I want more of you, God. It's like anything. And this morning when we started initially, I sang that same words again. God, I want more of you. It will be nice, really. Yeah, I would want more of you. And suddenly I realized the way that I sang it now and the way that I sang it a couple of years ago is different. It's not that the message is not coming to me anymore, but somehow my hearing has become dull. I want to ask, you know, some people have become really satisfied with their Christian walk. I will go to heaven. Hallelujah. And so what more do I want? I've seen him now. The angels, holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy. I've seen it. I remember 33 years ago, I saw him. It's enough for me. And I'm, I'm, just, I'm just going on on that one. What I saw 33 years ago. This portion, the writer is saying, but you guys have somehow stagnated. You're still walking on manna that you eat 30 years ago. You still, you still speak about that time, you know, 15 years ago at that Seasphere camp around the campfire. I don't know if it was Jesus or the girl, but it was amazing, you know. It was amazing, you know. Why can't Christianity be like that time? Uh, that type of 
what type of deal, you know? And somehow at best it would be if I can just regurgitate that experience. And this writer is saying, guys, the angels from eternity to eternity throw down or, or throw themselves down, look at God and go like, never seen this in awe holy 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 and that's that's kind of their life mission from eternity to eternity you know and somehow somehow our our pressing on to discover the more in god that that quest it's a quest it's an adventure that we go on to know more of god that quest that drive us at some times have gone lost now i'm not saying that you don't have revelation or you have revelation hey you can teach sometimes as well. You can tell others about it. But the quest to discover more of Him is gone. There's not a drive anymore. And so even if the words comes, it becomes, it becomes dull in hearing. It, the impact is... He's just asking... I'm with you guys here, but I want to I wanna set myself on that quest again. If it takes for eternity for that angel to discover God, how am I going to go on that quest just to discover God? It's the, it's the greatest quest. I don't have any other quest that I want to do. I want to be, God, if I want more of you, that song that we sang, oh, I want to sing it because it's consuming me. Not because it's just, just a worship line that's every day. Oh, God, we want more of you. I mean, it will be nice. <laughs> but the quest and the desire is gone. All right. Lastly, we almost finished. We almost finished. All right. Um, Psalm, Psalm 1. You guys know this one, but I read it yesterday, and it just struck me again. It says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the way of the sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Uh, last week I said, well, I don't know when I said it, sometime I said it, I said, like, I know what's going on in a guy's heart. It's very easy. I know when people say, I'm passionate for Jesus. I really am. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's easy to know how passionate you are, not by you saying you're passionate, I'll just sit and hear you talk. And if you're not guarded and you just let out what really is in your heart, what's in your heart, your mouth will speak. What are your conversations gravitating to? When you least guard it, that's what your heart is full of. Right? And so what, what this writer is saying, not only does he say like, well, what your heart is full of, your mouth will speak. It's easy to say what your heart is full of. It's not what slogans you put on your fridge door. It is what comes out of you. What do you, what do you, but what you're going to come out here is what you put in here. I, uh, um, I, I, I like sport, right? I, a confession here, I like sport, right? And uh, I, I, I used to uh, follow a bit of rugby and cricket like a, nice traditional sort of South African boy. I like my rugby and I like my cricket. But it's just so difficult nowadays. I don't know what competition is around. I don't know who's playing where. It's just like so demacar. So I, I just 
my, my love for those sports have just grown cold, all right? But I, I, do, like, I do like sports, so, so lately I've kind of found myself into watching a little bit of tennis. My wife would say, not a little bit, but I've, I've watched... <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not allowed to say anything. <laughs> I read your mind now. <laughs> so I'm, 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 but it's interesting, you know. And, and at first I was just like, there's just a game. It's, it's probably going to be a good game. I'm going to watch it. Then after that, I'm thinking like, yeah, this is this great tournament coming up. I'm going to follow this tournament. And before I know it now, I'm starting to follow the pre-tournament predictions. <laughs> following what player has this strength and that. I, I just, suddenly I got into it. It didn't fall on me. I didn't wake up with a dream to suddenly, I fed that. My passion for that suddenly, a little passion. <laughs> I am the author of it. I'm passionate because I fed that. Right? But it's interesting. I, I know we, we, we're in a different times. I mean, in Psalm 8, when we get home, or we, we've got free time. We don't have, I don't, I don't know, we, we obviously have scoffers and we have pools and we have all places that we can go to. But we've got all kinds of things that was not included in Psalm 1. We don't have YouTube. Oh, they don't have YouTube. Sorry. It's like Rome YouTube. He said at the seed of the foolish. I'm, I'm just, look, I'm not saying YouTube is, is the Antichrist, anything like that. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you fed yourself with those stuff. And what you expose yourself, you're going to fed yourself with. And what you're going to expose yourself and feed yourself with, that's what you're going to get passionate about. Or that's going to be the meditation of, of your heart. And I felt so, Jesus challenging me yesterday with that. It's just like, what is the meditation of your heart? What are you considering day in and day out? He says, blessed is the man that meditates on my law, that meditates on my word day and night. How many of you know that there were times that you've meditated on the word a lot? You considered it. How many of you know that, that some of you might not meditate on that so much? Now, I'm not saying that you're not doing your quiet time. It's like, but then your heart, your heart kind of gravitates towards something. It's just, sometimes you justify it as meaningful, and sometimes it's just nonsense, you know? It's like, I'm, I'm looking at Samuel. He's not here, so I'm going to, he's my boy. It's Samuel, Samuel is into soccer now. You know, pray for him, please. But uh, <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> but uh, the, the, again, the, the, the passion of what he's go, it's just, it, that's what he thinks about. That's what he meditates. That's what he gives himself to. And so that's what he's going to be full of. What are you full of? What do you meditate on? Where do your mind go in your free time? Right? I'm telling you, that's where your heart is going to be. I feel responsible for my heart. Um, a while ago, um, I was tricked into uh, 
a diet program. <laughs> nah, <laughs> not, not that I needed it, but I was asked, oh, I, was, I was invited to do that. So the first week is a detox, right? That's what they do. I have trained my body to like certain foods. And I've trained my body not to like certain foods. When I had to stop drinking coffee, my body was angry. <laughs> it was difficult for me because I've trained to like it. When I just had to eat morning and evening veggies and salad, it was difficult. People said, I like it. I like it. How can you like it? Guess what? When I stopped eating chocolates and drinking coffee and eating vegetables and fruit, after a while, my appetite started getting for that. What my appetite, my body, I'm just speaking of my body, my appetite, my appetite and my desire, my hunger, I'm, I am the author of it for whatever I'm going to feed myself. Look, I know people say, I don't like veggies and I don't like things. I mean, they eat chocolates and chips the whole time, you know. It's like, I can't, I can't. Jesus changed me. <laughs> it's like, no, just eat different. It's the same in the spirit. It's the same in the spirit. It's the same with the hearts. Your heart craved that which you fed it. Your heart craved that which you fed it. We have a responsibility over our hearts, guys. Jesus asked us in this thing, many's love will grow cold. Just gradually. They just fed their heart different things. And just gradually, the appetite for the kingdom just grows dimmer and dimmer. And if we would understand, probably our greatest battle on the earth is to keep this heart burning for the Lord. And if we will set our hearts in this position, <laughs> you know, it's amazing for me in Stellenbosch, the obsession with bodies. It's, 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 it's probably the, be, the, the most in South Africa. You know, the, the amount of health shops. I mean, you, the, 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 every restaurant weekly changes its, not weekly, but regularly changes its menu on the latest food craze in town. It used to be banting everywhere. Now it's vegan. That's this town. The obsession with keeping our body. It's like, it's my body. I need to be responsible for it. But I'm telling you, the amount of responsibility taken to the heart, and I'm speaking not to the world, I'm speaking to the church, the obsession not to touch sugar. I wonder how much sugar for the heart we are just consuming. It's not sin. It's not porn. I'm not speaking of that. I'm not speaking of that. I'm speaking, what are you feeding your heart that's going to keep it hot for the Lord? And what are you going to feed your heart that's going to cause it slowly to grow cold? Even if it's tennis. Right. The tennis is not sin. But if tennis is going to cause my mind to be meditating on that, I mean, geez, it's like, it's sin. Well, it's 
causing me to drift from the Lord. Can you take responsibility of your heart as you take responsibility of your body? <laughs> Let's pray. <laughs> there's, three, there's a couple of things that I've mentioned today. I'll, I'll, I'll mention them again. Is that like if hope was pulled out, right? For some of us, we've just let go of hope. This is as good as it gets. need to hope again. Not hope as in I throw my cards out there as a gamble. <laughs> I'm asking you to hope in Jesus that builds a house much greater than Moses, and you are that house. This is a substantial hope, right? I'm asking those that have lost hope. This is as good as it gets. I will never get past this. This is just my thing. I want to ask you to look again, to consider Jesus again, and to hold on to that hope. I want to ask you if your heart has gone hard. You know, it's like, I don't hear God anymore. Might it be <laughs> that you didn't obey when he asked you to? No problems, just repent. Just repent. And do what he asked you. You can stagnate. <laughs> kind of settled on certain truth or the, the journey to be a sojourner, to be on this journey to discover him has just become less and less of a thing. Oh, singing would be nice. But that's not my drive anymore. Now, can you repent of that? And if you were a bad steward of your heart, well, maybe it's outright porn or that type of stuff, but I'm just thinking things that is, 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 is making you passionate and draining out your passion for the Lord. Being a bad steward of your, of, your, of your heart. If your heart is a garden, you've tended it not that well. All right? Just consider those things. Consider those things. Just allow the Lord to, to just point out where are you in those four matters that I've mentioned. And if you need to return, if you need to hold, please, guys, in the last days, many's heart will grow cold. May we not be those. May we not be those. Jesus, I pray, please encourage us to endure this race, to run till the end. Many of us have started well. <laughs> we all start well. But Jesus, we want to carry this testimony that we run well till the end. Jesus, we understand that we have a responsibility over our hearts. Jesus, we want to we want to return to our first love. We want to return to the first things. We want to return simply to the place of being passionate for you again, to burn for you. Jesus, even as I pray that, I just want to pray that none of these things that I said today will just flip people into condemnation and flip people in a, 
in a, 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 um, a passiveness. It's like, oh, this is just too difficult. No, Jesus. You are so there to help us guard our hearts. So there to help us tend this house. And live in this place. Can we can we maybe sing that song that we sang there right at the end? Turn it back. Yeah, it's a, it's an old classic. I mean this 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 song is older than my salvation. <laughs> this is an old song. It's so powerful. It's powerful if it's if it's not sang with dull ears. It's powerful if it's sang from a true heart.
Amen. <laughs> May that cry continue during this week. As we seek Him, as we desire to be with Him. Amen. Bless you guys. Probably see you in coffee shops. Uh-huh.